Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast, fresh off of a UFC 2 91, which had a ton of highlight reel finishes and uh, and moments and events and everything under the sun you could imagine. My name is Matt McSweeney. I'm joined by Ty Capone. Ty, did you enjoy the show Saturday night? There was a lot that went on that we talked about before, and there's a lot that we have to discuss right now. Yeah, too much almost. At the same time, uh, the co-main event, which ended up being the, the snooze fest of the night, which was, I don't think anybody saw that coming. No. Um, Happening at the same time as Spence Crawford, which ended up being non-competitive, which I think nobody else saw coming. But, I mean, we saw uh, – there was a lot that I guess we didn't see coming, right? The, the, the Justin knockout, the Bobby Green arm triangle of yeah. Tony Ferguson. Um, there was a lot, man. There was honestly – you know, we, the night started off with an arm bar in the third round. There was uh, nine finishes of the 11 fights, a split, uh, a unanimous, I think like four or five subs – it was pretty much Sub City and uh, another head kick knockout headline Salt Lake City. What are you gonna? I mean, it, it's gotta be combo sort it, of thing, but it's gotta be the head kick capital of the world. There was two uh, on Saturday night, and then obviously there's only been five head kick knockout main events in UFC history. Can you name them? Uh, no. <laughs> I can you name any of them? I I don't know if I could name even one. <laughs> Well, Dustin and Justin. Dustin and Justin, and obviously uh, Kamaru and Leon. But Ali Holm. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Ronda Rousey. Come on. And then Anderson Silva Vitor. Okay. Uh, Matt Hughes, GSP. He fucking kicked him in the face. (laughs) When GSP sent Matt Hughes into the shadow realm uh, of oncoming trains. Oh, uh, come on. Nasty head kick at. But yeah, history was made. Uh, there were some some Bellator and Risen uh, that uh, you know didn't really live up to the billing. Of course, if one event, if one event, if one fight card had to fall flat on its face, it was going to be Bellator and Ryzen. Yeah, I don't think um, that's uh, too there was crazy. an eye poke in the co-main. Event. Also, I didn't know they had two cards going on at the same time, so that's where <laughs> that's where I was confused. But there was already enough with UFC and boxing at the same time. Uh, Nonito Donaire, we saw him get you know pretty much sent to retirement. A bunch of retirement, a bunch of older guys. We have Jake Paul next week. So it's kind of like a, you know, a very historic, legendary night it was, I, I would say. And it started, well, I mean, it, it ended, but we're, we are going to start off with Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier for the BMF uh, title. I guess I'd like to just talk about, obviously, the fight ends in the you know, like highlight reel, uh, just bomb of a head kick kind of lands on his neck and just shuts his body down uh i mean and it's crazy how the the head kick was thrown kind of from right in front of him like they, they there was really not a like a, a setup or a ton of space in between them and he just dropped that bomb on him and it just it seemingly came from out of nowhere but i guess i'll ask you what did you think of the fight i guess the first round pretty much is what what we could talk about uh, it's it was it looked like it was setting up for another all time classic, just the way that the exchanges were happening, and 
I think Dustin was getting the upper hand in the first round. Did the did the judges drop those uh, scorecards? And do we do we know? Yeah, two of them. Two of them had a ten nine. Dustin Junichiro, your boy, had a ten nine. Justin. Okay. Uh, the first round was pretty close. I thought so too. I think D- Dustin was doing well, landing some straight lefts, and he was, he started to really um, he he was starting to find his rhythm. But I mean, Justin was doing Justin was doing really well with the low kick, something that we talked about before. Um, let's see. Yeah, he was hit eleven compared to Dustin's two. Um, he, he outstruck him at distance for the whole fight, 38-25. Um, Those inside accurate. leg kicks were nasty, man. They, they were in the first fight, and I'm glad he kind of was going to go back to them in this one. Yeah, um, and this was pretty much all at distance a little bit inside the clinch, and then obviously, I mean, you know, they were so close when du- when Justin hit him with the head kick that the, the shin and the foot just kind of wrapped around his guard and, and like, behind the ear. And, uh, I mean, he, like, he had his hands up. He pretty much blocked some of it, but... It didn't matter. That that was just a that was just nasty, absolutely nasty. He folded, and then he got hit one more time for good measure. Herb Dean comes sliding in like Trey Turner. Hit him with the people's um, elbow. That was a good look. No, I mean, yeah, that was, was good. Well, that's so, I, I, mean, I I saw a lot of people saying there shouldn't be a big shiny uh, monster logo in the middle of the octagon, which is probably, a fair point. Probably should be five hundred logos in the octagon, but obviously, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, Herb was trying to save that man's life because he got hit with a bomb. <laughs> And no, like uh, no one expected. I'll tell you what. When I was watching it, a ch- like I took Justin Moneyline just because I needed something to bet, and I obviously took the fight to go the distance, which didn't play out the way I thought it was going to. <laughs> yeah. And I still argue if the head kick didn't happen, <laughs> we were right in there. But uh, maybe, maybe not my bet. One of my best bets. But I was looking for some value somewhere. Uh, I just was so this this completely caught me off guard. I, I did not expect a flatlining of either guy, right? I expected somewhat similar to the last fight where guy gets hurt and then the, you know, the follow-up punches and eventually someone finds something and gets him down and, you know, but I expected the guy to be hurt first. This kind of just came from out of nowhere and he just laid a bomb on him and I was just there, like, jaw hit the floor, couldn't believe what I was saying and it, it was, it's exactly why we watch it though, man. Whether we, whether we have the right side or we don't or, now, me and you didn't really want to bet a side on this because it was kind of razor thin. And I did think that Justin was going to make some sort of adjustments of some sort to kind of. He's just. I think he's made the bigger improvements since their last fight. Dustin obviously has made improvements, but from what Justin used to be to what he is now, he's such a much more refined and under control mixed martial artist compared to the tornado of a man that he used to be when he would go through the octagon and just kind of throw everything behind everything and just try to get people out of there. He's much more controlled. And, uh, I mean, it, it, that wasn't really, that didn't really come into play, uh, so much in this one. It just kind of, he landed that shot and who would have, who would have told, you know, before the fight said, Justin Gaethje's going to land a head kick on this guy. I mean, I saw some guy on Twitter said he had a dream about it, which that guy should be checked <laughs> by the government. But, uh, other than that, I mean, what, what a, what a spectacle though. You got Jorge out in there. Putting the putting the belt on the guy he didn't want to put the belt on, so yeah. it, it was lost hundred uh, K on Dustin. Yeah, it, uh, it, it lived up to the uh, to the hype. I would say just the you know you get that highlight real moment. Uh, you know the fight didn't go that long, but they don't always go that long. So uh, I guess that's I, I really not much to say other than I am just what a win for Justin Gaethje. He's going to be next after Oliveira and Islam, and for Dustin, like you kind of said. 
uh, before the show, I think. Uh, he, you know, he doesn't want to fight uh, any up and comers, so you really don't know what what is next for him, right? You know, like what what yeah. what does he do after this? Does he go and fight one of those Chandler. Chandlers or somebody like that? Is, is that really is, does that interest you? Uh, I mean, they already fought, right? Yeah. Chandler got Runega choked. Yep. <laughs> so that was Chandler's last fight. Yeah, he's lost to both of these guys. Lost to Oliveira. So it's like, uh, you know, what what can you really do with Michael Chandler? His best win's Tony Ferguson, and obviously we we'll get to you know the corpse of Tony Ferguson soon. But um, yeah, I think ever since that Tony Ferguson fight with Justin Gaethje is when he we've seen a new version of him, very patient, relaxed. Um, you know, other than Cowboy. At, right after that Cowboy win, I think, is when he kind of settled into the newest version of himself, only losing to Habib and Oliveira. But, you know, if he's striking with anybody, I think he's probably the, one of the best, if not the best. We just saw it with Dustin, you know what I mean? So that comeback win against uh, Fazeev, that was impressive. Um, you know, he didn't gas himself out or throw himself out against Chandler. So, um, yeah, I guess uh, I guess the, the title's next for him. And... Um, I don't really think he's going to beat Islam. Um, yeah, I don't see how uh, that happens. Or or Charles. Like, I just, you know, I, I think they have such such easy paths to victory. I mean, they could probably strike with him, too. But um, I think if Islam took him down, if Oliver took him down, it's pretty much game over. But regardless, it's still fun to see the highlight. I mean, ever since he's coming in the UFC, I mean, I think he has more um, more performance bonuses than fights, somebody said. So, um yeah, what a you know, not really. Much. It's it's funny the co-main and main were kind of flip flopped. I feel like a lot of people thought the main would go longer and the co-main would end early. Um, and it's funny also the you know for the whole entirety of the card, um, I guess the the co-main didn't really have any moments, and other than the knockout in the main event, the main event didn't really you know six minutes long. So uh, there, there's not much to talk about in either the main or co-main event, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, I feel like there's much more to uh, to talk about in the whole, you know, Derek Lewis, Bobby Green, Kevin Holland, uh, some of the subs on the on the prelims. So, I got to say though, uh, I guess we can transition into that that co-main event: Alex Bajeda and Jan Blahovich. Fifteen minute unanimous decision or split decision. I'm sorry, um, victory for Alex Bajeda. I thought. I thought it should have been unanimous. I think it was a pretty easy uh, Alex winning the two and three uh, of the rounds. And the first one was just kind of a backpack sort of, you know, dominant grappling round for Jan. But he, it seemed like he used a lot of energy early on in, in, that, uh, in, that, in that fight, in that round. And he was using everything he had to kind of hold on to that backpack. And it just eventually... You know, just you could just tell he had nothing for him on the feet, and Alex, it seemed like, was in the much better shape. And you could tell the uh, the weight cut and the move up to two hundred five is the right choice because he is a much more just. I guess he just looks better in there than he did at uh, eighty five. He looked sort of just wilted, like withering away, and he just. I mean, obviously, he's cutting a crazy amount of weight to make that uh, to make that eighty five pound weight class. 205, he looked like he looked full. He looked uh, like he could actually grapple with people and that he wasn't going to gas out immediately. And it's just I, – I was very impressed with him at uh, 205. I, I, I agree with you. The fight itself was kind of – I guess not – I wouldn't say boring. It was just not what we expected. And we expected much more fireworks from that 
matchup when you you know when you labeled it beforehand. Uh, I guess this is kind of a case too where Jan is just kind of cooked, uh, and, and honestly. There is a conversation that needs to be had for him because he really he although he did win the championship I mean he kind of just you would argue lucked into it right uh, it just he kind of backed his way into a championship opportunity when Jones goes up to two hundred five and there's kind of just a power vacuum there and he beats Dominic Reyes to win the title so it's you know, yeah I, I, mean, I don't know I, I don't was, yeah you know. It was a it was a good win, I guess. The Rockets fight ended by injury. The ankle line draw should have been a loss, you know. So, I, yeah, he has kind of had some decent some decent luck. He is what thirty nine, almost forty. No, he is forty. So, yeah, I, I don't really know what's next for him. Um, I think they just announced Ankle Ive and Johnny Walker. So that's it. That's going to be. I mean, that's that, going to be that's going to be a quick Ankle Ive knockout. But I guess anything can happen, right? So I don't know what you even do with Blachowicz, Blachowicz, Netsch. Next, next, maybe you give him Rockets again. Uh, maybe you give him, I don't know. I mean, I guess Yuri and Alex next for the belt makes sense. Yuri says he's pretty much good to go, hundred percent. His shoulder feels like a superpower now. That's kind of terrifying to hear. Um, but I'm all for that. I mean, I don't think Yuri will. Yuri could get wrestling. The thing we've seen with Yuri is he's very um, wild in scrambles and. You know, he kind of just muscles out. I, I don't know, man. Him and Alex Pereira would be a great, I think, a great fight. He's a, he's a lot much. He's, he's a lot more quicker, I would say, than than Alex. But Alex has some nuclear power. I mean, he was uh, he was kind of holding back this fight. I feel like that's very um, indicative of you know the quick turnaround from getting absolutely flatlined just a couple months ago. I feel, you know I feel like he had Jan against the cage a couple times, especially at the end of round two, and he was kind of just. Uh, being patient, but being a little too patient because, you know, he knows just because you have somebody backed up against a cage does not mean that you cannot get floored as evidence is the rematch with Izzy. So he was being a little, uh, a little careful, a little, little calculating. He landed like 77% of it, 76% of his uh, significant strikes, uh, 83 in the third round. So yeah, I, I don't know how you don't get in the third round or the second round really, but yeah, it just it didn't seem like much of a uh, debate for me, and I was shocked when uh, a man like Junichiro, uh, uh, a judge we would put in our top five, we respect that man, that <laughs> man's uh, scorecards compared to some of these clowns that are out there, uh, given these ju- these judging decisions on, on a weekly basis. It just I didn't know, I don't know how you give him that third round. I thought he got yeah. kind of pieced up on the feet, and like he got that one takedown at the very very end, but he. It was too late. About four strikes on the ground. He also took a couple. So it's like, you know, what did he really do with that? You know, the the striking effectiveness was all Alex in that round. He threw less punches and landed more. I mean, you know, what what more do you really want? Um, also, did you see Pereira he, after the fight in the locker room eating chicken fingers with yes. his gloves on? Electric. Oh my god, he's so unlike funny. anyone else, man. And he didn't take any damage. Like he looked fine. Yeah, his cardio. He took a couple held punches. He looked good. Yeah, his, his face looked good. His cardio looked good. His takedown defense looked good. Yama's was three of eight. Uh, he worked. I mean, the first round was a bit tough, right? But after that, he he worked his way up. Um, he's, he went for a guillotine, even that wasn't obviously close to coming to being in. But uh, when you're that big and strong, I mean, sometimes you can you can pull off some of those kind of submissions. So he's definitely working on his craft. He's definitely getting better. Um, I just you know, I I don't know how how much. Uh, how long his shelf life is, really, obviously. But anyway, we don't know how long anybody's is. So. Exactly. 
They're all older. Uh, they're all Hill. huge. Yeah, you know, you, exactly. Might be cooked. Uh, Big injury, you know. <laughs> yeah, anything can happen, dude. Anything. Johnny Walker might hold this belt at the end of 2023. That terrifies me, but. No way. No, no way. Maybe yeah. 24, though. Maybe, Maybe 24, what though. What if they did make Johnny, that Johnny Walker him and his, title shot? Him and his like, brother. Both holding belts. Johnny Walker and Volton just running the UFC now. No, I can't even uh, joke about that. That's not even funny. Uh, do you? I, I actually think Johnny Walker could beat Ankalaev. By the way, yeah, I mean Ankalaev's been finished before. He's been knocked out before. Right? He if he goes for those takedowns and starts getting hit with bomb it elbows, with <laughs> yeah. Listen, dude, takedown defense against the cage elbows. That's this. That's the Johnny Walker way of life, or just like flying knees. Yeah, so. just wildness, and that 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 that's one way to win. I don't know if it's kind of something you can count on happening, but. You can Shit. walk. You can catch him walking down the street in his fight gear. Yeah. At this very moment. How about Derek Lewis, man? I wish we would have uh, just kind of taken a shot in the dark and knew knew that something like this was going to happen. Obviously, this. I is, didn't know he was going to have a six pack, right? And I didn't know I he didn't was going to run off happened. with a flying knee to start the fight. I, that's <laughs> that's fucking insane. And he came out. He went for the record. It. Yeah. He went for Masvidal's record. He almost got it too. Uh, at first, I thought he didn't land it. I thought it was kind of like momentum or glance. That fucking caught him clean. Yeah. Thanks for showing up, Mr. Hajerio Galina. I think the only strike he landed was right after that. He was on his back and threw like a, a hammer fist from the back and it landed. But after that, yeah, he was done. Uh, I wish we got to see some uh, <laughs> something else, but um, big win for Derek Lewis. I just don't know what he does next. I saw somebody say he should fight. <laughs> he should fight Jelton Almeida. That would not go well. That would not go well. Fucking also, Jelton Al- <laughs> Almeida is fighting Curtis Blades coming up soon anyway. So, uh, yeah, we don't want to see that. Almeida is fighting elite prospect. Like, you know, he's fight- He's trying to get himself in a title situation. He's not trying to fight the fucking Black Beast and just hold him down and just smother him. Uh, I guess I did see some people saying Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou in PFL was another thing. I, I, I'm pretty sure Ariel Hawani sure. said that, which, you know, I don't I don't care for that either way. You do, do it or don't do it. I don't – it does not matter to me whatsoever. But uh, I, I guess it was awesome. It was fun. I wish I could have made some money off of it somehow. But uh, I am glad now that I stayed away from this because it just uh, – uh, too volatile, man. Too volatile. Good for Derek Lewis, though. I, that, it was awesome. Him taking the pants off, doing the fucking DX, suck it, chop. It was, uh, you know, crazy. He was getting all, he, You could tell he was actually fired up because he, he needed a win badly. And he gets that was a highlight great, the whole, And his contract's over, so now he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, I think he's definitely coming back. Yeah, um, I agree. But, <laughs> you know what that means? We get more opportunities to fade him, so I'm here for it. Yeah, it's uh, we'll see. I mean, if he shows up with a six pack every time, maybe this is uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to bet him against guys who look like the Jolly Green Giant and stuff like that, uh, which is Listen, you Virginia give him Parker Porter, Porter, I'm absolutely hammering Porter. So. Oh, all right, let's just keep it moving then. Uh, <laughs> how about Bobby Green, Tony Ferguson? Bobby Green got dropped, so that's that's all I I choose to remember about this fight <laughs> is that Bobby green got dropped. And then I poked the shit out of Tony Ferguson who then claimed <laughs> yeah, he did. that it was uh, on purpose that he did it, which I'm not so sure about that, but I will say the, I poke, I always base it off of Tony Ferguson being a psychopath. And if Tony Ferguson is blinking out and I poke for like a minute, 32 minutes, that means that thing had to be pretty fucking bad. So uh, I, I just, uh, I wish, 
I wish they would, t- and not that it would have mattered in this fight, but I do wish that they would take points away from really bad eye pokes because they seem to affect fights for long. Like that doesn't necessarily go away in the in the dis- in the time that they give them five minutes or whatever. Yeah. Some guys are just not they're not wired that way to take that time and not just rush back in there and go, hey, yo, we're ready to go, ready to go. And I know Ferguson took some time here and he was cooked anyway, but. I just, as a generality, I just wish that the eye pokes were treated a little bit more serious and they were a little bit more heavy with the point taking away because then people wouldn't do it. Yeah, or just fix the glove, the glove yeah. issue, but that's something they probably will never do. Shout out to The Rock. Uh, there was also nasty, I think, eye poke in the Vergara Salvador fight where yeah. Vergara said, I can't, I can't fucking see right now. I was like, oh, no, don't say that. But Mr. Dave Celestad said, oh, we're good. Everyone fight. And I was like, whew. Thought they were going to end the fight with that one. But, yeah, I saw Ferguson, you know, pretty much saying um, – using that as an excuse as why he lost. And then, crazy says, he, and then says, no, this isn't an excuse. It's like, well, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, not to make any, any excuses, but here's five. Uh, he also said he's not done. You know, I think – I mean, if he loses – let's say he makes – he has another fight with fucking some – Benil Dariush, not not even Benil Dariush. No, um, I'm trying to think of somebody at 155 that's like a little bit down. Because I mean, you're going to have to go down for Bobby Green. Bobby Green's not young. Bobby Green doesn't tap guys out. Jim like Bobby Miller? Green doesn't. Yeah, right. A, a legacy fight. That's, I guess. that's what he's at, dude. He, you had Jim can't... Miller would probably tap him. Uh, put him to sleep. In well, my opinion, then it's over. And, but then you'll know. <laughs> But if he does, if he does fight again in the UFC and loses again, he will tie BJ Penn for the longest losing streak in UFC history at seven. So I mean, like seriously, who do you give him? Like Benoit Saint Denis? Like come on, no. You know you're <laughs> you'd have to give him Claudio Puelas or like Rafa Garcia or Clay Guida, guys that he could probably beat. Well, maybe that he could beat because um, he looks like I mean he just looks slow. so bad, so slow. I mean, dude, he he was not even trying to block a punch. I mean, he was, but with his face, like sixty three percent of Bobby Green's significant strikes landed. That's an insane number for the amount he threw. He's one thirty seven of two seventeen. Like that's crazy, crazy. He was mixed up to the body a little bit, to the legs a little bit. Tony just didn't care. It seemed like he just, you know, he couldn't get a takedown. He got dominated. He got put to sleep by Bobby yeah. Green. Bobby Green has some subs on his record, but like he was like plus a thousand to win by sub. Um, just got done every every round. Just got absolutely doubled and tripled up, and uh, I don't really think there's any reason to see him fight anymore. But I'm sure he will. Yep. So that sucks. I echo everything you said. It's just it's it's sad at this point because he was he's a guy who put on some great shows and some great moments and some great fights. He's just not that guy anymore, and you can tell every time he gets in there, it's just not the same. But what can you do? I'm fighting for my life not to sneeze right now, but. <laughs> Kevin Holland, this was uh, not, I wouldn't say shocking, but it, I guess it was a little surprising how dominant he seemed in this fight. I guess we had a little bit more respect for Chiesa than we, uh, I guess, should have because he just, Kevin Holland seems to be uh, a perfect build for this 170 division, barring that the guy he's fighting isn't a Russian or some superior wrestling dominant grappler uh other than that i mean he's so big he's so long he's not easy to be taken down Kiesa had a couple of good body locks and things of that nature but 
the fact that Kevin Holland was not only up against the fence, but so goddamn long, it was so easy or so hard for him to take him down. He could not get his legs out from underneath of him. He just kept recovering and recovering. And, you know, eventually he just, in the clinch, he was hitting him with all sorts of shit. And then he hit him with that Darce. And that's what, seven, eight? How many fucking losses has Kiesa taken via. Uh, Darce joke. Three. Uh, Luke A. Holland and Mr. Kevin, not Kevin Lee, uh, Jorge Mazidal, Darce them. There you go. Uh, it's funny. He predicted this. He did. He said, I see, said, you know, uh, Kevin Holland likes Darces and I've been Darce before. And then it happens. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. He looked like shit, man. He looked like, you know, he's been off for a couple of years. He looked like he's 35 years old. I mean, he wasn't even, he had zero interest in trying to strike. He was like doing this, uh, you know, keep your guard high and tight and duck your head down so that you can avoid some strikes and then maybe parlay that into a takedown. But that didn't work. He caught a knee, yep. caught a couple of knees, and then he caught a dart stroke. Literally just put his neck out there. He has like this insane ability to get himself submitted. It's it's so crazy. But yeah, he looked he looked terrible. And Kevin Holland looked great. But Kevin Holland also probably has to fight at 185, which diminishes his ceiling, at least for me. Um, why did he? Why but, does he have? Like, why did he say that? Like, I don't get the. I guess he's just too big. It's like too much of a weight know. cut. I guess is that what he's saying? Like, yeah, he pretty much said he's gonna. I don't know if he said sit or shit his black ass back to one eighty five. Uh, um, yeah, that's a, that, something. It sounds like then he's gonna get cooked. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because those guys are too big for him. That's the thing. He's yeah. like the perfect build for that one seventy. And I, I know it's probably impossible for him to make. But I got you know now now thinking about it, like yeah, he that's there's a reason he's so huge. It probably does yeah. deplete him a lot. But I mean, he, uh, guys like Vittori were having their their way with you, Brunson. You, what are you gonna do there? You're just gonna be stuck right outside the top fifteen, and that's kind of how it's gonna be. We shall see. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. Uh, let me just say that buying 70 stock, not buying 85 stock. Gabriel Bonfim, easy, easy guillotine choke submission victory here, and uh, this was about uh, probably the easiest bet we had all night. Trevin Giles was always going to get subbed. Just didn't think it was going to yeah. happen this early. I thought he would have gotten severely hurt and then you know rear naked choked and that's it. But uh, you know, this was just kind of the inevitable. It, you kind of feel like a genius when pl- shit plays out like this. But loved it, loved it. If, if only we could have had like exact sub, and uh, you know, we we could have took guillotine, and that would have been a a nice little profit there. But you know, obviously DraftKings, I don't think I don't think they even had it. But uh, yeah, I mean, dude, he's got a really tight guillotine. Like that's, he's a little wild on the feet. I do, I, I do think he has some power. But he, he is a little a little wild and out of control. But he's an, he's a problem, man. He is like Brian Ortega like guillotine. He he snatched that up, and I was like, I was like, man, maybe that's even a little too like too jump guillotine ish. You know, maybe he jumped it too quick or it was too telegraphed. But it didn't matter, man. He had Trevor Johnson completely completely Done. locked up. So big win for Gabriel Bonfim. Do welterweight shitting out some good product uh, prospects lately, man. There's, there's just, they're, they're showing up left and right and making big, big statements. I think, I think Bonfim's only 25. So uh, massive, massive win. Maybe not a massive win looking back on in a couple of years, but at this stage in his career, a huge, huge performance. Didn't, did he get a, let's see, didn't he get a 50 K bonus? He did not. He did not. So that sucks. But, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, man? That's just... Uh, if you're of, not on the main card, you're not getting the fuck 
fucking yeah. And if they don't respect the guy you just guillotined, which is basically the, they're kind of telling you that they oh, expect you to do this yeah. to Trevor Giles. So uh, CJ Vergara, you kind of made mention of him before. Uh, unanimous decision victory over Vinicius Salvador. That guy, uh, I, I don't know. I struggle to say anything good about that guy. He he fights like an absolute asshole. Let me just say that. He just uses no IQ whatsoever. And he has this length. And he was kind of doing good things in this fight. But I don't know if he was tired or whatever. But he just doesn't. There's no. I think you may mention this before. It's like not enough action, man. It's just a yeah. whole lot of like. I think Rogan even said on the broadcast, which is one of the actual good things that he said. It just seems like he was like sparring. He wasn't trying to like get this guy out of there or hurt or fighting with any sort of uh I don't I don't even know what the word would be urgency I guess it just didn't seem like it was like he was kind of just chilling and that's that's why you lose when you fight a guy like Cedric Vergara who just started to land the later later the fight went on he won the, I think it was 1-1 probably uh, yeah and then it, it kind of that third round was dominant for CJ so it was easy to get for the uh, judges to give him that but you know, the whole fight, <laughs> I think it's because the first four ended, uh, ended inside the distance, but the whole, f- like, most of this fight, they kept, they kept getting on both fighters about, you know, not, uh, not, not trying to go for the knockout as much. And then they asked Dean Thomas, and Dean Thomas said the same thing, and they were going in on Vergara for not throwing, you know, with the steam. I'm like, I just, he's not a knockout artist. No. I mean, have you guys ever watched this fucking guy fight? Like, they, they made it seem like it was the most boring fight. To ever grace the UFC. Meanwhile, it was the most active fight of any fight on the card. Like there was the most strikes that were landed. I know it was one of the only two fights that went the distance. So obviously the the totals are going to be higher. But like there was a lot of strikes being thrown and, and landed in this fight. There just wasn't a knockout blow, which is fine. I mean they're flyweights, you know what I mean. But it was just kind of crazy, man. They were like, you know, you got to go for this knockout, you bum. You got to do it now. It was like the way they were talking, like. They really – they must have had a fight. They must have all had a bet that this fight would not go the distance or something is the way uh, it seemed to me. But It, it just um, seemed like they were just uh, – the fighters that being just kind of – I don't know. Like they kind of – I don't know if it was wh- whether they respected or one another or they were just – it seemed like they were both also worried about gassing out, which uh, I think was a kind of a thing that some people thought about and some people didn't on this card, and you saw the people who didn't. Yeah. And Jan Blahovich and guys like that, it just came back to bite them. They just gassed out completely towards the uh, back half of these fights, and it's it's a real it's a real thing. It's a real factor. So I don't fault these guys for kind of taking it easy necessarily, but this this fight itself, like you said, there was a there was a lot of action just based off the fact that it went longer, and they were throwing, especially early on in the fight, they were throwing much more. And I'm just more They're mad. Going low going to the bottom. Yeah, I just thought Salvador himself. I would not blame Vergara for this at all. I think Salvador was just walking forward with a lot of no action, and it forced Vergara to kind of fight off the back foot, throw the jab, and, and not really yeah. be able to sit on any punches and throw for power because Salvador was just kind of hoping for him to kind of sit there and counter him with some sort of, I guess, looping left hand or something like that. I don't know. Salvador just uh, was not, I, I don't know. Like he, As long as he is, as rangy as he is, he just didn't, do, he didn't really do much for me in this fight at all. It should have been something where he was able to get some serious offense off and... Kind of, I thought he should have won. He should have been able to take over. He didn't throw much, you know, uh, with power. I would say it didn't look like he was gassed, but maybe they were. Maybe they were, and we're just kind of maybe. You know, I was. Uh, I was gassed by this time. I had to go out and get another beverage. But uh, 
I actually was not drinking beverages this Saturday. Let me just tell oh, the truth. Wow. I, I had a couple of waters. My, uh, I, I did have one for the main were, event, uh, but, uh, you know. Me and my father were pumping out Miller Lights and Michelob Ultras like it was nothing. So. Hell yeah. Well, that's the way That's the way you have to watch these fights. And then you get the most accurate representation of how, <laughs> how you actually feel when you're watching it. And you're like, this fucking bum. This guy stinks. You're like, in your head, you're like, yeah, dude, this guy would beat my fucking ass. <laughs> well, hey, man, that's what, that's what the, uh, that's part, part of the fun. That's why we pay the money to watch these things, allegedly. But Roman Kopilov with a nasty sort of just unbelievably fast head kick uh, landed on Claudio Ribeiro. Uh, this kind of went exactly how we thought it should have, but I mean, I that's still, that's that was. Uh, impressed, just an impressive way to finish a fight. Another head kick, uh, and in Salt Lake City, baby. It just, uh, it was highlight reel, baby. That's all. That's all, basically all I can say. It's just another. We needed a TKO win for Kopilov and cash us out, baby. Three in a row after losing his first two uh, in the UFC. So that's good to see. Also, all three finishes um, against three. You know. I don't want to say they're great opponents, but DiHarico, Puna Soriano, Claudio Rivera, like uh, he, he's getting he's getting it done. You know, he could have took it, taken out Carl Roberson, but instead he got taken out. So uh, good to see him. Uh, you know, fighting better than he did when he uh, when he first got here. He's definitely uh, you know when, when he goes for it, when he ups his volume, he's definitely exciting to watch. He has a bunch of power, uh, a bunch of different Fine. strikes in his arsenal. Lands pretty much all, you know a high percentage of his strikes. And uh, our boy, our boy Claudio Rivero, finally taking a dirt nap like we predicted. So, uh, come on, man. That's <laughs> just uncalled for, man. A no. dirt nap? <laughs> uh, so, no, you're right, though. I mean, Kopilov throws with, with power, intense, violent power. Uh, I, I just, uh, he's exciting to watch, and uh, I, I cannot wait. But how about Jake Matthews? Uh, I had a couple buddies who had TKO. They were not happy with the way oh, <laughs> this played on. out. Uh, should have known. But we should have known, baby. We kind of cashed out, out here. Just saying. Yeah, we both had sub. Just saying. I told my dad. I said, no, listen, you didn't put it on the card. Oh, you uh, Howard. You Howard. I had plus 220 on the sub. Let's go. I'm just looking from 15 feet away at this sheet. I still. I told it. my dad he's going to sub him. He's like, no, he's going to knock out. I'm like, nope. There's going to be a chance he gets him and easy work as soon as he uh, – he didn't even get a takedown, really. It was just kind of a uh, – I don't even know how he got him to the ground, but he had a little ground and pound, and then he pretty much flopped over, gave him his back, and he took his neck. Darius Flowers honestly fought pretty well, I would say. I think he's – you know, he's – I don't know if he's UFC level caliber, but he he goes for it. He definitely does that. Um, he got his takedown on his own. So I think there's – you know, he can, he can fight at welterweight a little bit. Um, I think the, it was, you know, Joe Rogan's worst moment of the night when he was acting like the uh, low blow just because the, the toes of Jake Matthews hit, hit him in the, in, the, in the ribs, in the stomach area. But the heel hit him right in the square of the dick, and he was acting like it didn't hit him. And um, I just, I, I don't know what the fuck Joe was watching. Well, it's a kind of uh, hey. You weren't the uh, he wasn't the only person because the people I, w- I were with that had uh, TKO were they were convinced. And I, I said, you know what, guys, I don't blame you. I would probably feel the same way if I had that, but I have submission, <laughs> so I need them. So suck it. I need them to stand this up, and I need them to get back in there. But uh, yeah, that's. 
<laughs> that's a good a good sneaky W for the bo- uh, for the boys. Even though you didn't put it on the card, I can't believe that. I, I, I know. I don't know. I think I, I think I did. I think we should. We should add it to it. I'm going to have to go back and uh, do some research. Review the tape. Review, Review the, the tapes. Film. But uh, you probably said, I don't trust Jake Matthews, which is not a <laughs> That's bad probably thing, what I think. said. How about Euros Medic, man? Now, done. I'm done. Uh, not only am I done doubting Euros because he continually just makes me look stupid. I probably, I don't want to say never, never, but I'm never betting Matthew Semmelsberger ever again. <laughs> I just cont- he continually burns me over and over again, and uh, I just you know whether I'm fading him or you know betting for him, it's just you know when like when he beats the dog shit out of Jake Matthews, and I'm just like All right, what what, and then he comes back and he's you know real close one to Jeremiah Wells, and then this one he kind of was you know he he got some shit off, but I don't know that's uh, what what did you <laughs> make what did you make of this banger? Yeah, he just he takes too many shots. He gets hit more than. <laughs> He gets hit more than he hits, guys. He's only 30. Alex Morano uh, you know, beat him up, man. His hair and, and facial hair. He's, try, he's trying to do what Cody Garbrandt did. Try to hide the chin. Well, he has a good chin, unlike Cody Garbrandt. But, you know, try to grow out the facial hair and get the long hair. I don't know. It's not working for him. Uh, he, got, he got hurt with an upkick. That's real bad if you get hurt with an upkick. So, um, yeah, Euros Medich, he's trying to he's trying to squash that Alaskan regional scene curse he's trying to squash it by himself he looked really good honestly moving up he's a big dude he's a sniper he's got a good good boxing um and he honestly had to get a finish in the third his cardio looked good i thought he was going to gas completely i mean he only has one finish outside only one fight has gone outside the first round is that omar morales fight where he finished in the second so yeah i mean this is definitely a big step up for him the doctor the medic if you will um but yeah, good one for him. He didn't get 50k either, so bad night to be on the prelims, I guess. Yeah, just strictly just getting disrespected uh, by all by all of them, right? All of them were on the uh, main card. Yeah, and it's not like those people were hurt for money necessarily compared to some of these other guys who probably were getting paid peanuts to get in there. But Miranda Maverick, peanuts. Well, not that I maybe, but. <laughs> How about an easy submission victory for our girl Miranda Maverick? Getting that inside the distance at plus 140. Uh, I hope Priscilla Cachuera never gets cut. I'm just going to continually uh, fade her and make money and keep moving, baby. But uh, She also got outstruck at distance by Miranda Maverick. It was close, and there wasn't really too much going on. Miranda Maverick's short, but she has long, like a long, long arms. Um, and the takedowns were just so – I mean, I feel like I feel like you could take down Priscilla Cachuera. You know what I mean? So. I uh, and then she, you know, beautiful transition to the arm. Quick work, baby. Miranda Maverick said, I'm not done yet. Don't count me out yet. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> let's just see you against somebody who's not Priscilla Cachuera, and then we'll we'll <laughs> start counting you in or out. We'll decide then. But uh, we didn't really talk about Wonder Boy and uh, Perher- the Parada fight uh, getting um, called off, which yeah, I think man. Wonder Boy was 100% within his right to not accept that bullshit. That, that 100%... Uh, is to that guy's advantage, and uh, you know Wonder Boy at being forty, you really can't afford to be uh, cut. I know you, you can't really afford to have your fight get canceled like that and stuff, but it's better than getting pieced up by a guy who has you know five pounds extra just on the weigh-ins, and who knows how much weight he's going to have by the time he gets in the octagon back. So, yeah, yeah. I, it, it sucked to lose that fight. I was excited for it, but uh, I, I don't don't blame Wonder Boy at all. 
So that kind of sucks for one boy not getting uh, his money. He made weight. He's contractually obligated to, should be, to get money. But obviously the UFC doesn't care. And, you know, it's another, it's a side conversation we could have. But, yeah, I don't blame him either fighting somebody who's, you know, below him and pretty much blown up. No reason to fight him. Um, no. I definitely want him to because I, I had him locked in. I thought he was winning that regardless. But what are you going to do? Yeah. And I think the other big thing, obviously, well, you know, there was that Bellator rise and whatever nonsense that was going on with random guys getting slept and other guys getting <laughs> put in uh, late. And it was just all over the place. But uh, Bud Crawford oh, got to win. Yeah. Bud Crawford put the beats down on Errol Spence. And I, you, a lot of other people were very wrong about this. And it's not even that we were just very wrong. It's just nobody thought it was going to be a one sided just absolute beatdown the way it was and it really was not even close from the beginning uh from i had it on uh, on the phone uh you know watching it uh, while the ufc was going on and i just was like uh like it was at a certain point where after the second knockdown it's like okay well i can just i don't really have to be paying attention to this anymore because this is over and i mean it just got worse and worse the more i would see i just kept seeing counters and him almost ending up like Bernard Hopkins through through the ring, you know, like that's uh, almost recreated one of my favorite moments. It's uh, it was ugly. It was ugly from beginning to end. And uh, I guess I'll just you know you're the resident boxing uh, connoisseur. I would ask you what your thoughts were. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was kind of heartbreaking <clears throat> as a Spence fan since what was it the 2012 Olympics? <clears throat> um, you know, seeing his whole career is pretty much <clears throat> run. 147 his whole life that's pretty much his division <clears throat> and, Yo, get this um, guy some water Let's i go. can't <laughs> i do have water right next to me and i'm just not drink, not even drinking it so <laughs> that's always good um i'm trying to bring up the stats now because i'm sure they were just completely disgustingly one-sided yeah it looked i mean hey man i'm not not a numbers guy but i just was watching it and <clears throat> People were telling me like, "Nah, dude, you have no idea. Crawford's gonna beat his ass." And I just, I was like, "Oh well." Okay. I didn't, I didn't think it would happen either. But, dude, he landed forty-two percent of his jabs. Spence landed eleven. Like that right there shows you who won the fight. You don't need to see anything else. Like the fact that Errol Spence got completely dominated in the jab department shows you everything you need to see. Power punches. Sixty percent of Crawford's power punches landed. Sixty. That's fuck. That that's insane, man. Uh, Errol Spence got outlanded by almost a hundred, and he threw a, almost a hundred more. He got out. He got all uh, percentage wise. Got outlanded total fifty to twenty. He was not even competitive. I mean, he won the first round, and the second round he was doing fine before he got knocked down. In the third round, he did okay, but after that, it was it, it was just not even close. It was a complete ass whooping, a complete beatdown. Probably the best performance we've seen in one of one of. In boxing history, I can't really think of any many other moments where there was a fight this big with two of the best in the world, and one of them just got absolutely beat down. Maybe, maybe when Roy Jones fought James Tony at 168, James Tony was the the man there. Roy Jones was coming up. Roy Jones beat the sh- you know smoked him. Pernell Whitaker when he fought Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. and got robbed of a win, beat the shit out of him. Uh, Mayweather, I guess, when Mayweather beat the shit out of Diego Corrales. 
Um, one other moment when Bernard Hopkins smoked Felix Trinidad, like that's it. That's it. This was one of the single best performances in boxing history. Terrence Crawford showed up, um, backed up everything he's been talking for about five, six years, right? He came out with Eminem. He came out working on the back of his shirt or whatever you want to call it. It said even big fish get fried or even big fish get caught. Jesus. And he came out. Came out in a fishnet, draped around his body, and um, I mean the whole week Spence looked like lifeless. People were saying, you know, I, I really do think he's the car accident and still being at 147. That that is not the same Errol Spence, and uh, I, don't, I don't really think we're ever going to see the same Errol Spence. Like maybe he does better at 154, but um, if he if he wants to fight. Crawford again. It's probably it's going to be wherever Crawford wants it. One fifty four, one forty seven. Why would he want uh, it's to? Pro- well, yeah. Why would he want? Why, you know, Crawford himself, I think, would would fight Spence at one fifty four just so he can say that he did. Yeah, you know, he beat him in two different weight classes. He's the first man to ever unify the belts in two divisions. He did it at one forty. Now he does it at one forty seven, which is insane. First first fighter to ever do it at welterweight ever. Um, I think the only person to ever do it besides him was Clarissa Shields. I could be wrong. Um, either her or Alicia Bumgarner. I forget which one. But he um, now there's only four active undisputed champions. I think it's Devin Haney at 135, Crawford at 147, Jermel Charlo at 154, and Canelo at 168. So he made history in so many different ways. I mean, he took five, six years of you know talk and hype all culminating in one night, and he shut that shit down. He absolutely walked through, walked over, stepped on Errol Spence at every step of the way. Uh, he was just so quick, too powerful, too slick, too sneaky. Uh, dude, Terrence Crawford is an orthodox fighter. He fought that entire fight as a southpaw. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, you just, there's not enough things to say about Terrence Crawford. He looked absolutely marvelous. There was nothing Spence could do. I mean, he couldn't land anything. Uh, all he, all, the only success he had was going to the body, and that even it, it didn't work because when he came in, when he lunged down to the body, he was getting caught with these these short, quick uppercuts. That's how he got dropped in the second round. Short, quick uppercut, and you know he. And anytime Spence got caught uh, with a shot, he got caught clean, and he got caught off balance. He he was not rolling with the shots. He was not taking them the right way. Derek James wanted him, was pleading with him to get inside. And even when he got inside, it didn't matter, man. He was getting beat up everywhere. Um, the jab wasn't working. Uh, the power punches wasn't, weren't working. He, he, did, he looked slow. He looked very bleak defensively. He pretty much didn't have any defense, which is so crazy, considering the fighter he's been his whole career. Like, just did not look like him at all. Um, and Terrence Crawford looked amazing. It, it was kind of crazy. To, to to watch really, I was, I was uh, I was very shocked. I was very shocked, and um, I mean, what I mean, there was a who's who there uh, in Salt Lake City for UFC fighters, but there was an absolute who's who gathering of all the great boxing lines. In was in it was in Vegas, right? Yes. Um, you had Floyd, you had Pacquiao, you had Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, um, Keith Thurman was there talking shit to Boots Ennis's brother. Um, I think Shakur Stevenson was there. Maybe not. Um, Sean Porter was there. Hopkins was there. Keith Thurman was there. I said that. Um, the other, who's the other? Uh, Sean Porter. 
Um, Ugas was there, I believe. Danny Garcia was there. I think Danny Garcia was there as well. Like literally everywhere. The Charlos were there. Um, I don't think Canelo was, but they were all out. I mean, it was one of the biggest, most anticipated fights. Even though it was a couple years late, right? A couple years late for sure. But it wasn't like Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather when it was just boring and nothing really happened. Like this was, this was just a, a beating. Uh, an absolute one-sided beating. Again, very comparable to Mayweather and Corrales, where Mayweather was the younger guy coming up to a weight class that was reigned by somebody else, and he beat the shit out of Diego Corrales. That ended in the 10th. This one ended in the 9th. Great stoppage by, I think it was... Uh, I think it was Harvey Doc, or is it Michael Steele? I forget. Um, I don't think Michael's his first name, but... Great stoppage because if he didn't if he didn't do that, Spencer's going to get dropped again, and he probably wasn't going. It was going to be bad. Like he took a really bad beating. Yeah, it looked like uh, it. You know, his eye was fucked up from the fifth round on. Yep. Um, after the fight, he was he, there was like a post fight interview, yeah, uh, inside the ring, but well after the crowd left, and he sounded terrible. He just sounded really bad, man. I don't know why he didn't get sent to the hospital. He got hit with so many headshots, clean, strong, powerful headshots that really, you know. That was a fight that could change you as a fighter. Yeah, for sure. And um, it could be a little hyperbole, but I don't. I, I think he needs to take some time off. I think he needs to move up to 154. Uh, you know, if Crawford wants to give him the benefit of fighting him again at 154, I guess you do it because it's a huge payday, and maybe you think you can do better up up a weight class. But I just, I, I, I don't think so, man. I think he's he might be done, which is so sad to say. You sound like Stephen A. Stephen A. was on first take calling for him to retire. <laughs> and saying that he doesn't want to see him fight uh, man, I mean, or at the very least taking a long time, like at least a year off, which you kind of just That was said. just bad. It was a bad you know, beating, like, dude. It was. And you can't have him fight somebody that's not on Terrence Crawford's level or like, you know, championship level. Like that's who Spence has to fight. That's, you know, if he's fighting in co-mains, like we don't want to see Errol Spence take the Nonino Donaire approach. Nonino Donaire was on this main card. He got, he got beat down badly he's 40 years old and he fought um alejandro santiago like so many people people haven't heard of um and he got beat the fuck down badly so like that's the last thing you want to see from spence he just really just looks so bad like physically mentally emotionally he just looked drained yep didn't want to uh, it was just it was really sad honestly and then in the co-main isa cruz Everybody was begging him to knock Giovanni Cabrera out, and that fight went the whole distance. He looked like shit, bored us all to half to death. So we had to wait for this fight to get dragged out during the co-main of the UFC fight, which sucked. But yeah, well, you you seem to hate that uh, main event much more than or the co-main much more than I did. That shit. Uh, Isak Cruz. No, the uh, the <laughs> the Pereira and Blahovich. You well, hate it, it happened. I want it. Yeah, uh, I, did. I know. I know what you're saying, though. It, it happened right when you were trying to fucking. Yeah, the, the timing sucked. It was just everything sucked. It kind of was a rough. I, th- I thought Pereira was going to lose. He didn't. Spence did, and you know, it was a rough one. The referee was Harvey Doc, by the way. I don't know Harvey Doc. That's what I thought. Uh, I mean, he stepped in at the, at the perfect time. I mean, Spence didn't go down, but he. No, he it was over. Left. He was getting. He was getting battered around. Look, he was getting ping. His head was getting ping ponged back and forth with these hooks. His head was snapping back from jabs. Like, yeah, the, it was just getting really bad. His face there was, was showing so many, it. Like I tweeted that out, man. Terrible. I was like uncomfortable watching it to a certain point where, like, once it got to like the 
sixth, seventh, eighth round. Just like, uh, like, dude, like I was calling for them. Like, just throw the talent, dude. Like, you, you're you're not gonna win. There's, yeah. that you could tell sometimes where a guy, oh, maybe he has that miracle punch in him, or he's still in this fight. Like, Spence knew this shit is over, man. There's no point in sitting here and, and taking more of a beatdown, like you said, when you don't know how much time you have left in boxing anyway. So you gotta. You know, be smart about this. Take care of yourself and cash in on these last couple, you know, events. Because this was—I'm sure he got paid well for this, but yeah, he got—he—he he earned it because he got beat up pretty bad. And you, like, like you said, career-altering to the point where you don't know if he'll ever be the same again. Yep. Uh, do you have anything to say about the Bellator dual rising cards that were going on this past week? <laughs> um. Just that Patricky Pimple is now the better Pimple brother, I guess. I don't know where that came from. Um, Random. Mr. Horiguchi, Mr. Horiguchi, that fight ended in like 20 seconds for a headbutt, so that sucks. Um, what else? Anything else happened that I noticed? I'm trying to think. Sabatello got guillotined. That was awesome. Love seeing that. Fuck him. Uh, I guess Andre Koreshkov and Lorenz Larkin had a great fight. I don't know if that was... Somebody uh, was kind of just being funny, but they said they said uh, it was a really good fight that nobody really was watching. Yeah, I'm sure. Which makes sense, you know. I mean, I don't know. Patricio if I got clapped up on that other event, dude. Yeah, he um, that didn't go well for him against Chihiro Suzuki. Uh, I guess it was a kickboxer, a scary kickboxer, and there's that 154, which I didn't know. I didn't know that was a thing. They just do whatever <laughs> they want over there, dude. They yeah, they pretty much do whatever. You show up and you're good. That's it. Um, Tafik Musayev also was on this card and knocked some, some dude out pretty pretty badly. So shout out to him for that. Yeah, and that was the the weekend of combat sports. We are going to have a another show later on in the week where we got a Jake Paul, uh, Nate Diaz fight to talk about. He's telling people not to buy it, which I in classic Nate fashion doesn't want this clown to get any more money than he already is going to get. And I'm sure Nate already got paid, so it's uh, he doesn't give a shit what happens with all this, but. Uh, and then we have a UFC card next week. Uh, am, I, am, I, am I wrong in that, or do we have a week? We are off? in Nashville. We are in Nashville. Who's fought, who's the main event? Is it? S- That's gonna be Sanhagen Font. Sanhagen Font, which was supposed to be Sanhagen and uh, Umar, which would have been much Umar. much more uh, exciting, I would say. But but we have Tatiana and Jessica Andron in the co-main. It's very interesting. Yeah, we're kind of back to those doo doo uh, mid mid level cards. All right. Hey. Come on, man. Just look, go down. Just scroll down. I mean, there's some, there's some fights, obviously, like there always are. But uh, I see a lot I'm looking of at Dustin Jacoby and Kennedy and Juku in the banger. Uh, that that is a banger. Diego Lopez <laughs> and uh, Gavin, Gavin Tucker. Tucker. Banger. You would label that a banger? Is that isn't that the guy yeah. who took? Uh, okay, yeah. No, I'll, shout out. I'm I'm gonna fade uh, Gavin Tucker in that one. Tanner yep. Bosa, Alexa Cammer's on the main card. Come on. Alexa Cammer, come on. A couple uh, years off, he's back. Underdog, let's go. Uh, Ignacio Bahamondes, <laughs> though. Uh, sign me up for him. Ludwig Klein. Wow. Jeremiah Wells, he's going to put Carlson Harris out, I think. Billy Q and Damon Jackson, come on. We're either going to lose Hadley? a lot of money or we're going to make a lot of money this, up, this upcoming weekend. A fellow so. from Kazakhstan, another Kazakhstan debutante. Hello. I'm excited. Uh, so yeah, we, I am very excited about that. I guess uh, the Jake Paul Diaz fight I am excited about as well. Is that that is Saturday night, right? Or is, yep. uh, you never know with these Jake Paul fights whether they're Saturday, Sunday, sometimes on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Amanda Serrano is fighting Heather Hardy on the uh, undercard. Jeremy Stevens and Chris Avila. What? 
What? <laughs> Jeremy Stevens is getting in there? I guess he's uh I mean didn't he didn't he make his debut against Aldo? I think so. He's oh oh and oh though. Oh oh and oh. So I guess it's majority draw. I I don't know. That's a, I wouldn't that be a one on there? I don't know. Like uh maybe I don't know what Heather I'm talking the, about. Heather the Heat Hardy. Um, She's gonna get beat up, right? Yeah, I mean she was in Bellator once. She got absolutely smoked. And then she boxed Amanda Serrato, got smoked again. So um Ashton Sylvie, he's gonna be on this card. He is the uh, I think he's like eighteen or nineteen. Uh he signed with Jake Paul's promotion. He's very, very, very good. So I think they actually have something there in him. CJ Hamilton, I believe. Why does that name sound familiar? The Autobot. Yeah. He uh he was in Bellator. He's boxing on this card, so we we got a lot of stuff going yeah, on in this card. I, well, let me just let you let I'll let you know right now. I won't be seeing anything of those people that you just named, other than maybe the Ashton Sylvie one. It'll be as high up as I get on this card before I start maybe having the dual monitor situation going on. That's next Saturday. I, I, there's a lot going on next Saturday. I, I, I don't know. I'm going to have to just be locked in on the Jake Paul fight, I guess. I don't know. There's Saturday oh, nights. They're, they're loading us up, man. This is too much. This is not enough. We need more. We need one. We need BKFC. We need right. one FC. We need <laughs> we need KSI and Tommy Fury. That's what we need. That just got announced. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so uh, August should be fun. We got Usyk is getting back in the ring finally. Uh, Anthony Joshua is getting back in the ring. Quick turnaround. He likes. He, he wants to be active at the very least. That's fun Fun to see. He's training with Spence. Hopefully uh, Derek James doesn't have a curse on him. Jared Big Baby Anderson's getting back in there. Um, and then Canelo in September. So uh, we shall see. What Also, Tyson Fury in October, baby. Yeah. yeah you know, Joshua's <laughs> fighting soon. I know you were really fired up about that. We're setting that up. We're setting up a, uh, a Fury-Joshua fight. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm gonna need a big fight announced, man. I need a big one uh, to hold me over until this O'Malley and Sterling card. That's what the next big thing that, that I'm looking forward to. But is that what you're waiting? I was gonna say, is that what you're? Uh, is that what you're waiting for? Yeah, basically, that's the next thing that I'm like big time excited about. I am curious about this Jake Paul. I think Jake Paul's probably gonna beat the brakes off him, and I'm not excited to say it. That's basically ATS by disqualification. That would be nice. Starts elbowing the shit out of him. Like what? What? <laughs> And then just uh, uh, chaos ensues, and people are just throwing weapons into the stands. And Nick Diaz and Nick Diaz and is guillotine choking another it. Logan Paul lookalike. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's gonna descend uh, into absolute anarchy. But uh, Jeff Jeff Neal, Ian Gary, Boston, can't wait for that. That I, I am excited about. I, I Austin Hubbard maybe stake his claim in the Ultimate Fighter finale. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, that was the most boring fight I've ever seen on that on the last week in the Contender Series, but or not Contender Series, the Ultimate Fighter. But uh, I, that's it. I, that's all I have for the uh, mixed martial arts world. Uh, I, I hope you join us this upcoming weekend to break down the events that are going to go down. We have to see if the problem child gets it done. I know he is the favorite, right? He's a minus two hundred plus favorite, I think. That's kind of crazy, but I haven't seen surprised. it. Uh, but I, I, the last time I looked at it, he was. Uh, let me try and see what we got here. Quick. I'm excited for 292, though. And 93, 94, 95. I mean, whew. quick look on the way out. He's minus 430 now. Jesus Christ. Wow. Do we have to take a shot on Nate just because? Yeah. 
Or the or I think I might bet that in the Jake Paul KO. Yeah, because if he wins, he's gonna have to beat like it's minus one twenty. <laughs> all right, I'm getting out of here. Well, I'm saving all this for that for <laughs> for the next show. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast, and as always. <laughs>